0: Welcome to the Rise Rooted Podcast. If you're a mom who feels like you've lost yourself along the way, you have landed in the right spot. I'm your host, Katherine Middlebrooks, founder of BRB Yoga and postpartum health expert who has helped thousands of moms rebuild their bodies after baby. Each week, join me and my guests as we explore ways to create health in mind and body so that you can live a life you love. Today, I am so excited to bring you this fantastic interview with Parijat Deshpande. Parijat is a high-risk pregnancy expert, but in our episode today, we talked about trauma, which is something that applies to so very many women, even women who have had a very healthy pregnancy and a very normal textbook birth. I found this conversation absolutely fascinating, and it illuminated to me a few things. First, just how many women are dealing with unprocessed trauma and just living their lives. And second, despite throwing the word around trauma, right, despite talking about trauma and knowing that many, many women deal with trauma, what I learned was that I didn't really understand what trauma really was and how it was stored in the body. And I definitely didn't understand how we could begin healing the trauma that we carry with us. So I'm so grateful for Parijat for coming and having this conversation with me. I think that it is going to be so valuable to so very many of you. Before we dive into the interview, let me share a little bit about Parijat. Parijat desponde is a leading high-risk pregnancy specialist a trauma professional, speaker, and author who teaches women how to deactivate their stress response before, during, and after a high-risk pregnancy so that they can give their baby a strong start to life. Her unique approach has served hundreds of women to manage pregnancy complications and reclaim a safety and trust in their bodies that they thought was eroded forever. Perija is the author of the best-selling book, Pregnancy Brain, a mind-body approach to stress management during a high-risk pregnancy. She is also the host of the popular podcast, Delivering Miracles, that discusses the real raw side of family building, including infertility, loss, high-risk pregnancy, bed rest, prematurity, and healing once baby comes home. Let's dive into the interview. Well, welcome, Parijat. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I know this is really exciting because we have connected so many times in the past and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> so, Likewise, likewise. I'm excited this time to kind of steal from your expertise. The last time we talked, I was talking to you about my stuff. And so now let's talk about you. So mm-hmm. what I want to start with is really spending some time talking about trauma. This is a key part of the work that you do with your women and your clients. You help them heal from trauma from a pregnancy loss, a high-risk pregnancy, uh, a premature birth. But I know that trauma is such a huge factor for many women who've also had a very healthy pregnancy as well, right? Many women have childbirth trauma. And I even, in the students that I work with, I see a lot of women who had a totally normal pregnancy, a beautiful birth, and then their physical body is so sort of racked by the impacts of carrying the baby and delivering that they have all these negative issues that they're afraid to have another pregnancy and they really just feel this sense of trauma about the experience. So I'd love to start by you just giving us a definition of trauma and then giving us some examples of how that manifests in women and mothers, because it can show up in a lot of different ways, right?
1: Totally, totally. I love that we're talking about this. Um, And I love that we're starting here, because you're right, that there's, I think when we say the word trauma, women think of, well, my situation wasn't that bad, or I had a healthy baby, we're both healthy, it can't be trauma. And and I think starting at this, well, what actually is trauma is a great place to start. So we can kind of all be on the same page. Trauma is a physiological experience. So it actually has nothing to do with what happened. And that's why anybody can experience fertility trauma, pregnancy trauma, birth trauma, because it has nothing to do with what actually was happening. And it has to do with how it was encoded in our nervous system at the time that it happened. And what I mean by that is whatever was going on, childbirth, pregnancy, fertility treatments, any of that, when it was happening, was our brain identifying danger to ourselves or to our baby? Usually the answer is yes. And was what happened too much, too soon, too fast? If we don't feel safe in our bodies and there's just this overload of a sensory experience that happens. And I'll explain what that means in a second. That is where our body goes into fight or flight. And when we get stuck in that place of being and living in survival mode, that's trauma. Our bodies hold on to that survival stress. Now, what are those, those sensations that can be too much, too soon, too fast? It can literally be anything anything. It can be something like you're delivering, you know, you had a healthy pregnancy, you're delivering, say, right on your due date, it could not have gone more perfectly, your body's doing what it needs to do, but you don't trust your medical team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that could be interpreted by your nervous system and by your brain as this is danger. This is not safe, right? And that's where the trauma begins. Um, it could be having to do with needing a, a shift in your birth plan. And it's without having time to think about it because of whatever circumstances are happening for you or baby, just that shift alone. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a C-section. It could just be the shift in birth plan of, I wanted to birth on the ball and now I have to birth in bed. Something as simple as that can trigger a trauma response. so I really want listeners to, to take in that it has nothing to do with what the, the events that happen, and it has everything to do with how it was interpreted and encoded in your body at that time. And that survival uh, mode that we went in at that time, we stayed there, and that's trauma.
0: So, trauma is really then like this constant activation of the fight or flight system, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. We
1: are, if you think of it as it is frozen there. And so if you think of our nervous system, it needs to be like uh, pliable. It needs to be, I'm, I'm doing a little dance here <laughs> right. visually, but you can't see it. It's It It just, it needs to be flexible, right? right. There's, there's nothing wrong with being in fight or flight. It needs to, our nervous system needs to also be able to put the brakes on that and come into rest and repair. When we are in a, a traumatized state, we cannot see that fluidity because it's stuck
0: in that sense of uh, of danger. Mm. That's so interesting. And then it really raises the question to me of if it really is sort of the way you are interpreting a scenario, then it, the more rigid your expectations are for, for example, giving birth, then that really sets you up to be more likely to have an event that triggers that trauma for you. Is that what you find?
1: It could be. And I will we'll take it one level into that, deeper into that, which is usually that rigidity is a trauma response. Mm. <laughs> and so the trauma has already happened. It's our, We're already in survival mode and we are coping with it, uh, not so effectively, but we think it's effectively. And I fully say this as somebody who loves to have things in detail and control, right? Right. But, so there's no judgment what I'm saying, but what we're if in survival mode, we are coping with it by trying to micromanage all the things around us uh-huh. because there is this assumption that if every if the events that are happening can be controlled, then I will be protected and I'll be safe. And it actually works the other way around. That if I can create a sense of safety from inside my body, then what's happening around, I can actually be flexible in terms of a managing and reacting to what's happening even if it's something scary my body then has the ability to uh,
0: accommodate any of these curveballs that are coming my way right yeah okay so that makes sense so then it's more like the more you do the inside work then you don't even need these rigid expectations for an event because you know you've got yourself from the inside okay that's beautiful so how does this manifest in women
1: yeah, this shows up in so many different ways. So when when we were actually talking offline, when we were talking about, you know, what about the situation where women have healthy pregnancies and healthy babies and they deliver full term and technically on paper, nothing happened, right? And it reminded me of a conversation I had with a woman just recently, where she's a few years out from her delivery, right? And so I think that's important to note is that this doesn't go away with time. This goes away with actually coming out of survival mode. And so she's a few years out. And the way she described it in our conversation was, I just don't feel like myself. Mm. And I thought by now, like, you know, the sleepless nights have gotten better. And the intensity of the first few years of life is past us and I thought that's all it was. I'm eating really well. You know, I've worked with a dietitian. My nutritional, you know, intake is great. I'm generally sleeping fine. I'm exercising and I just don't feel like myself. And I think that is probably the most common experience that I see from women who especially have experiences where on paper nothing looks like it went wrong. Mm-hmm. And yet they're just living in this place of, yeah, but huh? Like what, what is this? Right. What is, what am I feeling? What, like, why don't I completely feel like myself? So I think that's one piece of it. And then, you know, I, I typically work with women who have had complications and so they have something to point to and go, oh, that thing that happened, I delivered preterm or I need an emergency C-section or I had complications in my pregnancy, which again, we know it's not the event that Put us in that traumatized state. It was the the um, interpretation from our brain, right? It's not a choice that we interpret it that way. It has nothing to do with us. It actually happens outside of conscious awareness. But uh, it's it's how it was encoded in our nervous system, and so they have something to point to. But still, they have a lot of symptoms that don't quite map in a way that makes sense. So I see a lot of women who you know, have maybe more typical presentations, as you might imagine. They're, they avoid, say, going driving by the hospital mm-hmm. where they delivered. They might have flashbacks or nightmares. Uh, they, they're hypervigilant with their children when they get a cold, which at this time of life is extra heightened, as you can imagine. Yes. Um, in my NICU moms, I see a really high incidence of autoimmune diseases, we have a lot of digestive trouble, chronic pain, because our entire nervous system is functioning in survival mode constantly. And so our hormones are out of whack, our immune systems are out of whack. And we see a lot of this kind of cascading effect from just kind of that dysregulation of the nervous system. And I imagine where our world's cross is also, you know, where there might be a lot of pelvic pain yeah. or there's a lot of pelvic dissociation where you just do not feel that part of your body anymore. And that's a really common presentation that I see, especially with uh, my women, my clients who, and uh, community members who have either delivered preterm or had some type of birth trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking too, that these those symptoms do absolutely map on to the women that I work with who have these overactive pelvic floors because it is yeah. these muscles that are in chronic contraction. Yes, and often the thing that is most helpful is one actively releasing the muscles, but also meditating to really bring down that sympathetic nervous system and, and turn on the the rest and digest part of them. The first thing you said about women who just don't feel like themselves, it raises the question to me of you don't want to have to wait until you're four years out and, you know, you're done with the sleepless nights and you're eating more normally. How, when you kind of are in the throes of these intense changes that happen after you, immediately after you have a baby, where you're not sleeping, you're not eating regularly, your life has shifted to now be caregiver how in that stage can you distinguish between what is kind of regular postpartum concerns and what is trauma?
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I mean, that is the question of life.
1: Yeah. And and I don't think I have an answer that, that your listeners are going to like, <laughs> which
0: is... <laughs> That's okay.
1: I mean, the truth is if you experienced anything that felt like your life or baby's life, or both, were in danger at any point and you were not able to come back out of that safely, and there's a lot of reasons why that doesn't happen and none of them are your fault, if that happened, then most likely what you're experiencing postpartum is a result of living with unresolved trauma. Mm. And when we look at it from that perspective, you can actually see how many millions of women are living with unresolved trauma, and we see that in the high incidence of diagnoses of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, uh, you know the those clinical disorders, quote unquote disorders. I don't like that word, but that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Those um, those clinical disorders. If we don't look at them from a trauma informed lens, which you know most providers do not, then we assume there's one more thing that's wrong. And if we look at it through the trauma-informed lens and we go, this is actually a manifestation of a nervous system that has been dysregulated for weeks, months, or years. This is actually, it makes perfect sense that you would feel this way, right. given how you experienced your fertility journey, your pregnancy, your, your delivery, whatever it might be. Then it really opens the door to see just one How many women are living like this and two, how we are completely going about it the wrong way to support women in this postpartum period that, you know, yes, of course, having food and having more sleep and eating good nutritious food is absolutely important. But if your nervous system isn't working the way that it's supposed to in that flexible way, we're not reaping the benefits out of any of these tools that we're trying And I think that's where it leaves women feeling like, well, I'm doing everything and I'm frustrated because why am I not feeling better? And it's because the root of it, the thing that's holding it all together, that itself isn't being addressed. And and that's why I love this work so much is it gives a lot of hope that, hey, if we just go one level deeper and we can start to figure out how you can experience safety again and I can experience your body in a safe way again. All of this just starts falling into place really beautifully. Mm,
0: that's lovely. The thing that's striking me is just like, oh my gosh, so many women are dealing with this. So many
1: women. So and many women.
0: It's like so many women are dealing with it before they even begin to get pregnant. And yes. then you just carry it with you through the experience. Yes. And then it also trickles down to your family unit because if you're in trauma, then you're yep. that has to impact the way your family unit is operating, Right.
1: It does. Yeah. I mean, newborns and toddlers and children, all their nervous systems are so um, immature for many, many years that the only way they learn how to regulate themselves is by co-regulating with you. But if we are not regulated ourselves, they start to pick up on this dysregulation that becomes their normal It kind of sets their thermostat in their nervous system a certain way. And I don't want to say I'm not saying that to say, Oh, well, there's one more thing you have to do. Otherwise, it's all your fault, you're gonna mess up your kids. No, not at all. But actually, the opposite is when you when you allow yourself give yourself permission to do the healing work. It doesn't stop with just you. Your children will pick up on
0: that as well, right? And that I think is so powerful. Absolutely, yes. Oh, that, that's like every woman needs to work with you, Shot. <laughs> love it. Would you mind just telling us briefly, kind of how you experienced this? Because you did have months of bed rest. Is that that's right? Right, months of bed rest yes. in a very high risk pregnancy. You had a, your baby was born prematurely. What did it look like for you?
1: You know, there's one example that I think really hits home how trauma really sits in the body, especially when it's part of the family building journey and it's such a physical experience. So I was on bed rest from week six. So it was modified activity restrictions. Technically, they're just like, chill out, put your feet up kind of thing. At week six into my pregnancy, I became pregnant with IVF. So we'd already done like fertility treatment before that, had experienced a scary loss, Prior to that, so we had a, we had baggage, going right? Into it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the the activity restrictions became more and more strict as my pregnancy progressed because I developed more and more complications. And by twenty two weeks and four days, I landed in the hospital, three centimeters dilated, and it was. I became a ticking time bomb at that point. My medical team was convinced that I was going to deliver within 72 hours of admission. And that would mean that I wasn't, my son probably wouldn't survive given all the complications I developed up until that point. And I was really determined to show them that it's medical treatment and, you know, this nervous system regulation that I teach combined can actually extend pregnancy. And that became kind of thing and how I started doing this work. And in that, I mean, thankfully, I was able to stay pregnant until 24 weeks and five days, which was just late enough to give my son a chance at life. Mm-hmm. But what had happened is that experience, those 15 days that I was able to stay pregnant, uh, was encoded in my body as as this survival. I was in survival mode. I had survival stress stuck inside my body with no place for it to go. Oh, yeah. You couldn't even move. Yeah. I literally couldn't move. Exactly, yeah. I was chained—literally, not chained. Nobody actually chained me, <laughs> but I was stuck in that hospital bed. I didn't get up for 15 days, which is one risk factor for developing trauma. When your when your body is in survival mode, it needs to move. Right, and in this case, I couldn't. And after he was born, and um, he was in obviously went to the NICU immediately. I was discharged from the hospital, and he was there for months. Uh, I noticed that um, going to the bathroom, every time I walked into the bathroom, I was terrified. Like, I could
0: feel my whole body freeze up. Oh, yeah, because that's such a release, right? You have to, like, open a sphincter to go to the bathroom, right? And that's exactly what you didn't want to do. Oh, Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so that was a huge one. And the second one – and this was actually – came even before that, which while I was in the hospital was standing up, putting weight on my legs again, which obviously had muscle atrophy. And, you know, they were very weak by that point. And they wanted me up and walking and regaining strength, which I understood. But the I remember the first time I got out of that bed and I couldn't walk. I, I was so weak. So I got in the wheelchair, but I had to get off the bed to get into the wheelchair. And feeling the weight on my legs and feeling the ground on my feet mm-hmm. sent this shock wave through my body of it had just been encoded as this is dangerous. Don't do this. Right. Even just your relationship with gravity. Absolutely. Abs- and that's interesting you say that because I for those 15 days, I was in the position called Trendelenburg, which is my feet were above my head. Mm-hmm. And so gravity was fully away from my feet <laughs> purposely on, you know, for, for 15 days. That's uh, fascinating that you said it that way, but that's totally true. What I want people to hear is that you can see that it's not just the trauma from the memories that I have of those moments. But it's this deeper trauma that's held inside our bodies that come out when we do certain movements, when we engage with our bodies in certain ways, that's when it comes out. That doesn't mean that you have regressed or the work you have done has gone out the window or anything like that. It is genuinely that the work hasn't been deep enough and we have to work at this on the body level especially I find in situations like this when you're going through either fertility treatment, you're pregnant, you're delivering, which is such a visceral experience that really doesn't have a whole lot at all to do with our heads and has everything to do with the way we are connecting and our relationship with our bodies and what our bodies are able to do in those moments.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really helpful just to see those because those are examples you would never list out for someone when you're talking about trauma but totally make it so palpable so can we talk a little bit about how then you do make a body feel safe again I know you focus a lot on regulating the nervous system and some somatics is that the word that you would use Mm -hmm. for like body based work and I would love to just dive into those topics and, and understand what that is, what it looks like, and how it can help the women out there who do feel kind of stuck in this trauma to start uh, feeling safe again in their body.
1: Absolutely. So if you don't mind, I want to kind of geek out for a second. I love geeking out. Do <laughs> <laughs> just to give some background on, on why I do the work this way. So I was trained in clinical psychology, and it was this personal experience through all of this where I realized where clinical psychology just falls short for our community, and this is one of them, which is when we are. And if any of your listeners have read *Pregnancy Brain*, you know I use the example of a bear a lot, being chased by a bear.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when we experience something that's threatening to us or to our child, or or future child, or unborn child, or or living child, um, it doesn't matter, right? When we experience that threat, so as described by the example of there's a bear coming after you. In that moment, our body goes through a really quick shift that has nothing to do with the thoughts that we have. Actually, our thoughts are too slow to catch on. If we waited for our thoughts to go, oh, I should run away from that thing, it would have eaten us, right? And so our bodies actually work at a pace it, it, uh, that is much faster than our thoughts can keep up with. And I say that because there's a lot of, there's a tendency to blame ourselves to go, oh, well, I should have handled that better. And uh, no, no, actually it has nothing to do with you. Right. You couldn't handle it any other way. You couldn't. You could not. Yes. And if you are alive and you have survived that moment, that means your body did exactly what it was trying to do, which is to keep you alive and safe. That's what it did. It was not broken. It actually worked the way it was supposed to. And now we're just undoing that um, to help you realize that you are now finally safe. And so the shifts that happen in that moment are designed to get you to safety that means and you've you probably felt these experiences where your um your brain the the primitive parts of your brain recognize the threat the bear right and it starts to take away energy and blood flow from the non essential parts of our body that are not required for safety and that includes complex thought and language and complex complex thinking and introspection all of those things digestion of course and all of those things from our body. And it puts that the energy and the blood flow to the parts of our body that are required to find safety, which is usually to run away from the bear, right? Mm -hmm. And so you find that your legs tense up, your arms tense up, your shoulders are tighter, uh, you have you lose peripheral vision, and you're very hyper focused, your actual vision changes, right? These are physiological changes that happen in the body. And then If this were actually a bear situation, you would run and you would have all of the resources that you would need to run the fastest you've ever run in your entire life. I use that example because that is exactly what's happening when you experience a loss when you go and get an ultrasound and you don't see the heartbeat, when you get a diagnosis during pregnancy, when you deliver preterm and you weren't expecting it, when you have any type of situation that is too much, too soon, too fast, anywhere on the reproductive family building journey. It is the same thing. And many women like myself can't actually run. Right. Maybe you physically can't. But in, in this situation, there's actually nothing to run away from. And so that energy, and I don't mean woo energy, I mean actual energy goes to our the parts of our body that are designed to move and there's nowhere to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it gets stuck there. Right, And in that phase, in that state, we still have all those parts of our brain that are non-essential to survival offline, so to speak, and so that's why you find that it's hard to remember things. It's hard to recall names, it's hard to recall memories um it's hard to you might find it hard to like answer the question, well, how are you feeling? You genuinely don't know because you can't feel the inside of your body, right. right? And so to to, I share that to kind of circle back to your question of that's how somatic work works is we go in the reverse order of that and we go, okay, what didn't happen that needs to happen? Well, you need to run. Now, I don't actually make my clients run, but there is actual energy that is stuck inside the body that we need to actually release.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of like dogs, right? A dog, when they get scared, they shake it off afterwards. And we don't have that. We don't, we have to like actually decide to move our body to get that stuff moving out of us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a very specific way to do that so that you don't re-traumatize yourself because what you don't want to do is add more energy to your body, right? Because you see, sometimes I see a lot of women going, okay, yeah, i just, I'm so restless, which is a common experience of unresolved trauma. I'm restless. I can't sit still. So I'm going to jump on the Peloton. I'm going to pound this out for an hour. Right. And great endorphins, great for like muscle tone. But what you're doing is you're actually you're reactivating the nervous system when you need to be doing the opposite. And so we work backwards from where our body has been stuck and we start um, re-activating the parts of our brain very safely that have been offline as a way to kind of show the nervous system, hey, if I was running away from a bear and I was still in danger, I wouldn't be able to feel the water going down my throat. Right. And if I can feel that, that means it's essentially, I imagine it as like a train that's moving tracks from the survival mode into safety. And so we we really gently start to show our bodies that I can actually reactivate these parts of my body. I can actually release this energy very gently in a way so that I can complete that stress cycle that never got completed
0: on the family building journey and, and those moments that I experienced before. So what does that look like? Is it is it mindfulness, like watching the water go down your throat as you drink it? How do you help that, that energy move where it needs to go?
1: It starts with reorienting yourself to the environment. So it's not just, I would not call it mindfulness. I know that's a word that we're, is thrown around a lot right now. It's a lot deeper than that, I would say, because you have to re- actively engage your senses and actually Let that register and create a body memory that I'm drinking water, and and this is how it feels when I'm drinking it. This is the temperature of the water. This is the texture of the the mug that I'm drinking out of. This is the sound that I hear when I'm walk on my walk outside, and and not just noticing it, but allowing it to actually create a new body memory, Mm. because that is it's the if you can imagine it like levels. Uh, mindful, typical mindfulness is kind of level one, but you want to really integrate that back into the nervous system, which is one level below that. And so, it starts with just orienting yourself in um, in your environment, and then orienting yourself inside your body. Because most of the time when we have experienced trauma, we become, especially on the family building journey, we become cut off from our bodies. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the survival mechanism, right? That introspection piece of our, that part of our brain is offline. So we're not meant to know how our body's feeling. And then it becomes scary to do so afterwards when we're living with unresolved trauma. And so slowly without trying to change anything, we have to get comfortable with, okay, my hand is right here. I feel my hand again. I know where my hand is in time and space and how it's connected to my body. And you really start to reintegrate um, this, this, these sensations into your daily awareness before we can start to change anything. I think that's one of the issues that we have with a lot of trauma work is we try to go in there and fix it. And in doing that, we're actually re-traumatizing.
0: Yeah, it's like you can't roto root it out. you got yeah. <laughs> to really... It's almost like the way I'm picturing it is like your body is stuck in that moment, right? And so it's yeah. like your body has to arrive, like land in this present moment. And that's a process that's yeah. that yeah. takes some time.
1: Absolutely. I love that you said that. That's exactly what it is. Your body is, you know, your life has moved on, but your body, your nervous system is stuck in that moment, that day, however many weeks, months, or years ago. And we've got to slowly catch up now and say, okay, what couldn't happen back then that needs to happen so you can complete that stress cycle and
0: and come out of this? Yeah. Oh, I just love talking to you because we always say this when we talk about like so many parallels because yeah, the amount of women who, when I ask them, because for me, it's like, if we're going to work on the muscles in an area, You have to be aware of that area. And whenever we start bringing awareness there, there is so much dissociation and and just like, I I don't even feel it there. Yep. Which makes me think I need to start being more aware of the trauma that everybody is also dealing with in those areas. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Well, before we go, I want to just, because we are in a very interesting moment right now, Mm -hmm. dealing with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and when this podcast comes out, I think we'll still very much be in the thick of this. So it's an, a time where there's a ton of fear and uncertainty. And I just was wondering, what have you been recommending for the women that you're working with who are managing you know, a high-risk pregnancy or really, at this point, any pregnancy must feel stressful during this time?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially with these the uncertain policies that are coming out and changing every other day and it's it's terrifying.
0: It makes my heart hurt mm-hmm. every time I think about women having to go be by themselves to give birth. Like it just feels so heavy. So, what are what are you telling your people?
1: Yeah, what so what I'm what I'm working on with them is in pregnancy you have to practice being feeling safe being pregnant mm-hmm. because that shift in your nervous system and, and you, as you all of your listeners hopefully can see we haven't talked about thoughts or mindset or anything like that this entire conversation because that's not what this is about it is you it's a lived experience of being safe and It's being able to do that when everything around you is chaos and uncertain and overwhelming. It is absolutely possible. I know it might sound hard, but it is absolutely possible. And so I tell them, do the work now. Do the work now to get out of survival mode. I know it's a scary time right now, but what you're doing is you're essentially, um, it's like training for a marathon, is you are teaching your body how to feel safe before the delivery happens, you're teaching your body how to feel safe during times of intense change. Your pregnancy changes. I mean, your body's changing constantly. The circumstances are changing constantly. And so you're creating a sense of consistency in the midst of that change. And what's going to happen is you're creating a body memory like like running, learning how to ride a bike so that when it's time to deliver, you are going to be able to reach back into that sense of safety. And go back to that mode, whether your partner is there or not. I hope your partner will be there. But you're going to be able to rely on that without having to think about it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you are less likely to experience birth trauma, no matter the circumstances that are happening, because you're going to be delivering
0: from a body that feels safe. Yeah, it's like you've got to make that safety, that feeling of safety a habit, right? Like yes. you've got to be yes. – it has to be automatic. Yes,
1: it has to be. be as, because delivery, labor and delivery, for any of you who know this um, or maybe are first-time mothers, you know that delivery doesn't happen from your head. Literally. No. Like you, the more you are in your head, the more you will stall labor. Yeah. But the more you allow your body to be completely safe – that's when we see those experiences where babies come flying out and, and nobody's ready for, for them is because it because it happens within the context of uh, of a body that feels very safe to bring this life into the
0: world. Right. Yes. And I just want to add, if anyone is wondering how to do that, they should get your book, Pregnancy Brain, because it gives them all of the information on how to create that feeling of safety.
1: Yes. And can I just add, I'm also creating a course that's going to go with Pregnancy Brain to take that even deeper, especially with everything going on with the coronavirus, give you actual guided exercises to practice during pregnancy and take with you to the delivery room. So I'm super excited about
0: that. That's awesome. That's so great. Thank you so much, Parja. Will you let everyone know where they can find you, where they can buy your book, all the things? Yeah.
1: So I think the easiest place is to go to my website, barijattheshbande.com, It's my full name.com. And from there, you'll see a link for my book, Pregnancy Brain. And the URL for that, if you want to go directly, is pregnancybrainbook.com. And also on my website, you'll see all the ways you can work with me if you want to do that. And also um, hang out on Instagram mostly out of all the social media sites. So I'm at healthy.highriskpregnancy. And the
0: link to that is also on my website if you wanted to check that out. I'd love for you to come by and say hi. And we'll link to all of that too on the show notes for our Site as well. Oh, thank you so much. I love talking to you every single time it happens. I do too. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Rise Rooted. You can find all the links mentioned in today's show at our website, brbyoga.com, as in be right back. And if you're looking for support to heal your post baby body, please head to our website. There you'll find our courses for core, pelvic floor, and hip health, as well as free masterclasses and blog posts designed to teach you how to feel your best in your post-baby body. And yes, that even applies to you if you had your baby 30 years ago. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or posting a screenshot of today's episode to Instagram. Doing so makes my day and helps other moms find the show. Thanks so much for being here. Till next time.